Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ocampawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus, fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the program. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app, a video feed of the program on the free Twitch app. It is eight minutes after five o'clock, 83 degrees and sunshine in downtown South Bend, Indiana on this final day of August, the 31st of August, 2000. And 22. We're getting really close now. Notre Dame, Ohio State. The season opener for both squads Saturday night at the Horseshoe. They're going to be celebrating the 100th anniversary of that iconic stadium in Columbus. And a pretty good matchup as well with two high ranked teams squaring off in each team's first game of the season. It is a 7.30 kickoff Saturday night. Hear the game live on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. But our pregame coverage is going to start at 2 o'clock. From 2 until 4, it is the Legacy Heating and Air game day show with Tim Growl and Jim Irizarry. That's the program that is all about great Notre Dame guests. And you can check in between 2 and 4 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. Then from 4 to 6.30, I'll be hosting Budweiser's, I should say, Game Day Sports Be brought to you by Michelob Ultra, and that will air from 4 until 6.30. I've got a brand-new co-host this year on the program. We'll tell you who that is coming up in just a little bit. And that's more about the X's and O's of the game in Columbus Saturday night. So Game Day Sports Be presented by Michelob Ultra from 4 until 6.30, here on WSBT Radio. Then for an hour, it's Notre Dame National Radio pregame coverage from 6.30 until 7.30 when the game kicks off. Paul Burmeister 
And Ryan Harris back in the broadcast booth for a third straight year calling Fighting Irish football. And then after the game, Jim Irizarry comes back and is joined by legendary Irish running back Reggie Brooks for the official Notre Dame football post-game show only right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. So we'll start pregame coverage at 2 o'clock. We'll probably wrap up the pregame 7.30. It might get over about 1.15, 1.30 in the morning, so nearly 12 hours of Notre Dame football coverage all in one spot. And the price is reasonable right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The Irish are still a 17-and-a-half point underdog against Ohio State. So we're going to bring an expert on the program tomorrow to help us with this 17-and-a-half point line. Tim Murray is from VEASAN the outstanding sports wagering channel that is available on some streaming services or cable systems, also available online to listen to. And he is the host of a primetime show with Sean King. And they have a new time slot from 6 to 9 on VEASAN. But Tim's going to stop by tomorrow. And we're going to talk Notre Dame-Ohio State. He's actually a big Notre Dame football fan. I'll hear from him every once in a while, direct message. So... I'm sure we'll get an unbiased opinion on the 17 and a half because money speaks over your heart when you're into sports wagering. You don't do it for fun to root for your team and then, oh, that's okay, I lost a little money. No, you want to make a little money if you're going to put a coin on the table. So we'll talk some college football wagering in particular. Notre Dame, Ohio State with VEASAN's Tim Murray on tomorrow's program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Really looking forward to that. Puts on a really outstanding show on VEASAN with the former Super Bowl champion quarterback, Sean King. It's a fun, fun show talking sports wagering. And Sean's big into hockey. He talks a whole lot of hockey. So we'll talk to Tim about the Irish and handicapping Marcus Freeman's team on tomorrow's program. Coming up tonight, in a few moments, our Twitter question of the day. It's all about winning a national championship in 2022. I asked some of my followers on Twitter today to answer this question about Notre Dame football. Entering this season, you're the most confident in fill in the blank and you are most concerned about fill in the blank. I took some of the best answers and we're going to talk about those responses in our 540 segment, our My 5 question of the day. The five keys for the Notre Dame defense to have success against the nation's top offense, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated at blueandgold.com. Tyler Horka back with me at 6.07. This will be his final appearance Wednesdays at 6.07 during the football season. Tyler moves to Monday at 5.30 because we want him to break down the previous game, get his thoughts on this Notre Dame football team. So we'll talk to Tyler tonight at 6.07 and then once again Monday at 5.30 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We'll wrap up the program with some sports wagering conversation on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
Well, let me fire a first pitch to you to get the program started for this Wednesday. Can a buck lead to more valuable gold? I'm talking about Tyler Buckner and gold being Notre Dame football. The sophomore quarterback from California straps on the Notre Dame helmet for the first time Saturday as the Irish's starting quarterback. You talk about your heart pumping. You're going to be excited about your first collegiate start. You come out of the tunnel at a famous stadium with over 100,000 fans staring at you and your teammates. Your first ever start is what the voters believe is two top five teams squaring off in a season opener. Other than that, heck, there's no reason to get excited, right? Big opportunity for Tyler Buckner and this Fighting Irish football team. So for Buckner, you know, it is a situation where he is going to start for the first time. And by the way, it's looking like 86 degrees and partly cloudy skies in Columbus on Saturday. Low temperature 67. So you would imagine temperatures lower 80s, upper 70s when the game gets started at 730. But for Tyler Buckner, yeah, a lot of emotions coming into this first game as Notre Dame's starting quarterback, and he talked about that storyline last night speaking to the Notre Dame media. You know, I think there's um, a lot of emotions. You know, it's my uh, first start playing at Ohio State night game. You know, I think I would be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit of, you know, nerves. Um, I think that's pretty normal, pretty human. I'm definitely really excited. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, my family coming out and uh, watching me play and, you know, some relatives who haven't seen me play in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, our offense going out there and, you know, really just playing, um, you know, all the hard work we've been doing this offseason. Hey, I've never been a starting quarterback at the collegiate level. I've never played a sporting event in front of 100,000 fans plus a national TV audience. But if I'm Tyler Buckner running out of the tunnel, first start, Ohio State, everything, I come out of the tunnel looking around and say, wow, this is awesome. This is really cool. Now, I don't mean to sound like an eight-year-old coming down the stairs Christmas morning and seeing all the presents, be like, wow, and you get all geeked out. There's nothing wrong with getting geeked out about this. I don't care if you're 18, 19, 20. 50 years old, if that doesn't get the blood pumping, boy, I don't know what's going to do it for you. I just think it's an amazing moment. I hope he has a chance to kind of soak it in, look around and say, yeah, this is okay. This is really, really good. This is going to be a lot of fun, too. That's the thing. you got to make this fun. Yeah, it's a business trip. I know coaches say all that. But you got to have some fun on the business trip. You got to smile. You got to pump your fist. I'm not saying you throw a bulletin board material. <laughs> like we heard last night with Jason Adamiola. Holy cow. But have fun, man. This is what you've worked for for so many years. This opportunity to play in a big game in college. 
go out and have a blast. I hope he has a smile on his face during this game and not absolutely just so locked in like a robot. Have some fun out there. So what has prepared Buckner for this moment? I know the first thing that comes to mind is probably the Virginia Tech game. Um, I'd say that's the most similar experience I've had uh, in my life. And then, you know, I'd say, you know, every single rep of every game or practice I've done playing football because at the end of the day, you know, we're going to the place and, you know, as Coach Freeman would say, you know, field's 53 to third by 120. And, you know, I'm just there. We're playing ball. So I'd say every snap and every rep I've gotten is the thing that's preparing me the most. Tommy Reese has been in this spot before. As a starting quarterback at Notre Dame, playing in a big game in a really cool venue. He's been in Tyler Buckner's shoes. I'm sure he learned a lot from that experience. And early on in a game like this, you'd love to get your quarterback settled, get his feet on the ground, ease some of the burden on his shoulders, relax him. I would bet Tommy Reese is looking at, without a doubt, establishing the run in this game with that offensive line, Chris Tyree, Audric Estime, Tyler Buckner for that matter. But how do you get Tyler Buckner settled throwing the football? Normally you see in the National Football League in this spot, you get the ball out of a quarterback's hand quickly. You don't want him to think a whole lot on that first play. A little bubble screen. Something simple. You love to find his tight end, Michael Mayer, but he might have 62 players defending him throughout this game, including on the first play. So I think we should track to see what Tommy does in this spot. Last year, he had Jack Cohn as his starting quarterback. A lot of experience on the field. Tyler Buckner has yet to throw 40 passes at the collegiate level, and he's never been in a situation like this. Now, you can say, well, he was in Blacksburg last year at Virginia Tech. That's fair. This is even a step further than that. So let's see how Tommy Reese settles in his quarterback. I would not be surprised if Tommy on that first passing opportunity doesn't get Tyler outside the pocket. Give him an opportunity to see an open field. No offensive lineman in front of him to block his view. You're going to have some wide receivers on that side of the field he's rolling to. And you know what? If nobody's open, you don't want him to force it. Tyler Buckner has the ability to run the football very effectively. So you give him a little bootleg pass run option. Not a bad place to start. Hopefully things go well on those first couple of passes. Buckner gets settled in, and then Tommy Reese really gets rolling, calling the plays for this Fighting Irish football team against an Ohio State defense that is supposedly a whole lot better than last year, but they've got to show it to us. And we'll see what they've got in just a couple of days. So Tyler Buckner's been the starting quarterback for Notre Dame officially for about two and a half weeks. Knowing that he is the starter, has that freed up his mind at all as he prepares for this first game? Um, I'd say a little bit. Um, excuse me. But, you know, this this whole, you know, offseason, this process, whether or not I was going to be named the starter, you know, I was going to continue to prepare and, 
you know, come out and do the best I could. And, you know, if today if I wasn't in the starter, I'd still be preparing the same way I am now. Um, I know Drew's doing that as well. And so, you know, it's just to continue to prepare like you are the starter, uh, no matter what your position is. Tyler Buckner, fighting Irish starting quarterback on bring up his mind a little bit since he's been named the starting quarterback of this fifth-ranked football team. Now, Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl was Notre Dame's opponent. Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, running a 4-2-5 defense, four defensive linemen, a couple of linebackers, and five defensive backs. Got the Ohio State defensive coordinator job left before the Fiesta Bowl. So the Irish faced a Jim Knowles-style defense without Jim Knowles orchestrating it. But the quarterbacks, the starter Jack Cohn and a guy like Tyler Buckner spent a month dissecting this style of defense. You would hope that Buckner, that time watching a lot of film on this 4-2-5 defense, that could help him in this matchup. Now, personnel is totally different. Like we talked about yesterday, Jim Knowles, Maybe he's going to make a big difference in this Ohio State defense, but he's not going to sack anyone. He's not going to tackle anyone. He's not going to tip a pass. He's hoping to call the right defenses and put his players in the best position to succeed. As we all know, and it's been talked about this week, Tyler Buckner did not play in that game against Oklahoma State. Considering that you're trying to win the game with an eye on next year, could be called surprising. Buckner didn't play. I remember at the time, oh, a couple of days after the game when we broke it all down, that it made sense to stick with Cone because the offense was unstoppable in the first half and you didn't want to stop the momentum. Then when the tide was turning in the second half, you needed Cone's throwing ability to try to pull the game out. Didn't work out. Would you have liked to see Buckner play a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. That's something that got you to the Fiesta Bowl, but... Marcus Freeman mentioned in the post game after the Fiesta Bowl, Tommy Reese just didn't see the right time to do that, so they kept Jack Cohn in there. So Buckner sat and watched. So now he's ready to face the style of defense that he didn't get to face in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, you know, week week one's always you know interesting because you don't really know. You don't have a ton of stuff on exactly what they're going to do, but um, we have a pretty good idea based on you know Oklahoma State last year, and um, you know I. I think the schematically, um, the 4-2-5 and, you know, whatever it is they call it, um, there's a good defense and, you know, the players are really good and, um, yeah, they do a good job running it. Finally, there's no question, since Ohio State's offense, we assume has the capability of being just as explosive as last year's 45-point-per-game team, that... The Irish are going to have to score some points in this game. And the other perception is Notre Dame is going to want to control the game. Now, I'm not saying in the same way, but think about Navy always trying to limit opportunities for Notre Dame when the midshipmen of the Irish play. They run the football, try to eat up clock. Now, I'm not saying Notre Dame is going to do that exactly, but I think we all agree that this can't be a shootout. That is putting a lot of pressure on the Fighting Irish to keep up with C.J. Stroud. Chances are it wouldn't work out. Not saying it couldn't, but in all likelihood, Ohio State is 
very difficult to keep up with points-wise if you just get into an absolute shootout. So I think most of us perceive Notre Dame needs to run the football effectively early and often in this game to at least take away a possession or two from Stroud and that Ohio State offense. And Tyler Buckner was asked about that way of thinking yesterday. Yeah, you know, um, I think there are times to do that, to control the ball and control the clock and wind it down. But, you know, that isn't the, you know, the whole, whole, whole thing. We're not going to come out in the wing tee and, you know, snap it at one second for every single play. Um, you know, I think it's certainly important to limit their offensive drives. You know, their offense is obviously extremely talented. And, you know, they know how to put up points. But, you know, it's about limiting, um, you know, the tur- you got to win the turnover battle. Um, and you got to limit their offensive possessions by, you know, if, if it's us scoring or staying on the field or continuing drives, um, do our best to do that. Now that would help, being really good on third downs in this game. How good is Tyler Bucker going to be on third down and seven, third down and nine, third down and 12? Is he the type of quarterback that is going to be able to make a play in those situations where a lot is on the shoulders of a quarterback to make something happen on third down and long. I have a lot of questions about the Irish passing game. Can't wait to find out what reality is, how good this unit can be, led by sophomore quarterback Tyler Buckner. We know he's a great runner. Now we're going to find out a little bit more about the passing ability of the California kid. 528 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. The Twitter question of the day. We're talking all things national championship next on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacked at the 15-yard line. J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. At the 16-yard line, Justin Adamy Lola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted! This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. Welcome back to Sports Speed 533. I'm reading this story on the fly. This story I'm referring to from SportsIllustrated.com, Russ Dellinger. Put out this story about 35 minutes ago as our program was started. And again, I'm reading this as I talk to you. Ross is writing a story about university presidents are taking college football playoff expansion matters into their own hands. According to Ross, in a scheduled virtual meeting Friday, the college football playoffs highest-ranking governing body, the Board of Managers, is expected to chart the next course in playoff expansion by potentially holding a vote that, if unanimous, could open the path for expansion as early as 2024, sources tell Sports Illustrated. Now, the Board of Managers has 11 members. They're comprised of a presidential representative from each FBS Conference, and Notre Dame. And they are wielding their authority over an expansion process that just didn't work out this past spring because there were some commissioners that 
just decided to try to slow down the process, including the ACC. Jack Swarbrick was all in favor of trying to get expansion done in college football. He was one of the architects of the plan that was put together that eventually was shot down 8-3. to three. The Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 voted against the proposal where we would have 12 teams in the college football playoff. Now, the college football playoff is in the final four years of a contract with ESPN that expires in 2025. In order to expand before the contract's expiration, a unanimous vote is necessary. Expanding before the contract ends, according to Dellinger, would not only provide 16 additional playoff spots over 24 and 25, it would generate an additional $450 million of gross revenue over those two years. So it looks as though ultimately they want 16, but it sounds like, according to this article, realistically, the 12-team model would have the most support and the most likelihood to pass. So it looks like this board of managers might try to get the job done that the commissioners could not get done earlier this year. So maybe there is a chance before the playoff contract runs out in 25 to expand the college football playoff to 12 teams in 2024. If you would like to read the entire article, you can go to si.com or an even simpler way to find the story. Go to twitter.com and search Ross Dellinger, D-E-L-L-E-N-G-E-R, and he's got a link to his story on Twitter. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960. WSBT. All right, yesterday's question we posted on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Notre Dame's football postseason will be what? Choice number one, in the playoffs. Choice number two, at a New Year's Six Bowl game. Choice number three, at a regular bowl game. You have voted. Here are the results. Third place in the voting, 18.5% of the vote. Notre Dame's football's postseason will be in the college football playoffs. Again, 18.5%. Second place in the voting, Notre Dame football's postseason will be in a regular bowl game. 31.5% of the vote. And over half the voters that took part in yesterday's Twitter question of the day felt like Notre Dame football's postseason will be, once again, like last year, in a New Year's Six bowl game. So the New Year's Six bowl game got 50%, regular bowl game 31.5, college football playoff 18.5. I'm leaning a little bit more toward a regular bowl game I'm kind of stuck between 9 and 3, 10 and 2. 9 and 3 is definitely a regular bowl game. 10 and 2 could get you to a New Year's Six bowl game. We thank you for the votes. We thank you for participating. And now 
we have Wednesday's Twitter question of the day. Who wins college football's national championship? You have two choices today. Choice number one, Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State. You get three teams for one choice. Choice number two, you get Notre Dame and the rest of the field. Which direction do you go? Again, who wins the college football national championship? Choice number one, three teams, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Choice number two, you get Notre Dame and the rest of the field. To participate in today's Twitter question of the day, go to twitter.com and search my account, 960-SPORTSBEAT. Looking forward to the results of today's question. And we'll have the results for you tomorrow at about the same time here on WSBT Radio. Homework assignment for Notre Dame football fans on Twitter today. As the Irish open their season opener, what are you most confident in? What are you most concerned about? I have a group of answers for you. We'll talk our way through those coming up in a couple of moments. It's game week for the Fighting Irish. They play at Ohio State Saturday night, 7.30 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google play. Now back to local sports talk on sports beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Hey, make sure you check out our restaurant of the week, a great way to support local restaurants in our community. And this week you can buy two $25 gift certificates for only $25 to Hall's Kitchen Pizzeria and Subs with two locations now in Mishawaka on Lincoln Way near Capitol or on Twickingham Drive in South Bend across from Adams High School. When you're craving great pizza at a great price, Hall's Kitchen Pizzeria and Subs is the answer with the freshest of ingredients Dough sauces, you'll find traditional Italian flavors from traditional Italian cooking methods. From pizzas to appetizers, salads, and oven-baked sandwiches, something for every appetite. So head to restaurantoftheweek.com this Friday morning at 8.30 and score the deal while they last for Hall's Kitchen Pizzeria and subs now in Mishawaka on Lincoln Way near Capitol or on Twickingham Drive in South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett, 546 at WSBT. So on Twitter today, I asked Irish fans to answer this question. Fill in the blank for this. Entering the 2022 Notre Dame football season opener, you are most confident in blank. You are most concerned about blank. Turning this into the match game. So here are some of the responses that I chose from my Twitter account today. We start with Ken. He wrote, I'm most confident in the Irish running game. I'm most concerned with the defense after the Oklahoma State second half. Ken, like you, I feel really good about the Irish running game. I think Chris Tyree and Audric Estime both, in their own way, will need to have an impact in this game for the Irish to have success on offense. It may not be Tyree lining up as a running back at all times. 
I think Estime's power and speed can be a real game changer for Notre Dame against this Ohio State defense. They were 25th in the country in run defense last year. And supposedly they're improved, but you know what? Let's test that. And I don't think they've faced anything like Audric Estime before. Ken's concern was the defense after the Oklahoma State second half. Hey, there's no doubt about that. Let's also keep in mind the interim defensive coordinator. Didn't have many answers in the second half. Marcus Freeman appeared to take over the defensive play calling later on in the second half, but the damage was pretty much done at that particular time. And, man, you talk about Marcus Freeman being a head coach. You start with number nine, Oklahoma State. Now you start a brand-new season. You get number two, Ohio State. No gimmies yet for Coach Freeman. Big Fats wrote in. He said he is most confident in Notre Dame's offensive line. He is most concerned about the Irish defensive backs. I think you should be confident, Big Fats, about the Irish offensive line, especially if Jared Patterson is healthy and able to play in this game against Ohio State. We might get an update on Patterson. Marcus Freeman meets the media one more time before the game tomorrow at noon, so we might have some answers on Jared Patterson. Concern about the defensive backs? Well, hopefully those veteran corners play Smart veteran football, great execution. It's going to be a tough challenge. Smith and Jigba and Harrison are just so dynamic in the passing game, and they have a heck of a quarterback to get the ball to them. So I think overall this season, I feel good about the defensive backs. In this game, I think they're going to be ultimately challenged. So I can see the concerns about the defensive backs on Saturday, we do get to see Brandon Joseph for the first time in a game situation for the Fighting Irish. Ron chimed in on Twitter by saying he's most confident in the Irish run game. He is concerned about Notre Dame's linebacking core. Ryan, I'll just tweak your answer a little bit to fit me. I have some concerns about Notre Dame's linebackers in coverage. I'm hoping that's not something teams can exploit. I think they are physical at the point of contact, but I do have some concerns about their coverage. We'll see what Ohio State tries to do to possibly challenge that. But again, his confident that the Irish run game will do the job. Ron, I'm with you there. I don't think the Irish run game is going to be a major issue. Not saying it's going to be a strength, but I think the Irish run game will be at least pretty good in this matchup against Ohio State. From Twitter, Jack wrote, He's most confident in the Irish defensive line. His biggest concern, finishing drives with touchdowns. Now, that's an answer I did not get from anyone else. Confident in the defensive line, Jack. I think you have good reason to be confident about that group. They have been so well coached, and techniques have been driven into these guys. Before Coach Washington got here with Mike Elston, you're going to see eight different players rotate rotate in along the defensive line. Apparently, Ohio State's going to use 12. It's going to be a warm day, so the more the merrier for these football teams. You've got good, I would say really good ability to get to the quarterback from the outside, and I think there's the capabilities of having a good push from the inside from a guy like Adam Iola, who I wouldn't think is going to be double-teamed that often with teams worried about number seven, Isaiah Foskey coming off the edge. 
Concerned about finishing drives? Hey, that's something that has been emphasized. Working in the red zone, this coaching staff started fall practices with red zone work, trying to get better in that area. You know, Notre Dame's been really good about scoring and not absolutely coming up empty. But the need for more touchdowns is something that is necessary to be a national championship contender. Also today, Iron Mike wrote he's most confident in Michael Mayer. He's concerned about a second straight rough showing by the defense. So that goes back to what Ken was talking about, the Oklahoma State second half where the defense struggled. Hopefully that's not the case. But I'm not trying to be a homer or smooth over. I'm being honest in how I'm going to look at this. If Ohio State is going to have a good offensive day against Notre Dame, I am not going to jump to conclusions because I think Ohio State is going to score against pretty much everybody on their schedule. So if things don't go well, let's don't overreact or try to. Let's see how this season progresses. There'll be more opportunities to be challenged, maybe not in the next couple of weeks. But I'm going to try to take a deep breath and just say, all right, that was a great offense. Now let's see what they can do against everybody else. So I'm going to be a little more patient with the defense considering they've got a heck of a challenge in front of them on Saturday. Clancy, the Notre Dame leprechaun, says he's most confident in the Irish offensive line. That was a very popular answer. He's most concerned about the health and safety of opposing defenses. Now, that's an interesting answer. And finally, Paul Irish says that he is most confident in Audric Estime. I like it. And he's concerned about Tyler Buckner's completion percentage. Well, I'm a big fan of Audric Estime. I'm expecting big things Saturday and throughout the season from the big running back of Notre Dame. So I'm confident too, Paul. Concerned about Buckner's completion percentage? I'll say this. I feel pretty good about Tyler being outside the pocket making a play with his arm. I'm really curious to see over a long season his development as a thrower from the pocket. This is an obvious statement, but I think he's going to be a different guy later on in the year. Let's just hope he is good enough to help this football team beat Ohio State on Saturday. Thanks for the responses on my Twitter account at 960Sportsbeat. We'll come back with a buy five question of the day next on WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat continues with the My Five. The five keys for the Irish defense to have success against the nation's top offense from Ohio State. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. A little short on time. Let's be brief here. Number five, the Irish cornerbacks stay confident, and when you have the opportunity, stay aggressive. If you've got man coverage, if you have the opportunity to get your hands on those Ohio State wide receivers, jam them. They are so good at their passing game being on time. You watch Ohio State, they've just got receivers running wide open down the field. They have a great scheme, great system, and one way to take away their timing is to reroute a wide receiver. 
So, again, they're going to make plays, stay confident, but also when you have the chance to jam them, throw their timing off, boy, take that opportunity. Four. When you, when you have the chance to, again, a kind of blended five and four together, but those Buckeye wide receivers are so explosive. You know, Smith and Jigma might be the best wide receiver in the country. Marvin Harrison might be the best reserve last year in the country. Got his chance in the Rose Bowl, and, man, he showed off that he's not too bad, just like his dad was so for many years with the Indianapolis Colts. And I go back to the fact that I think the Irish defense has to do what they can to throw off those Ohio State wide receivers. And when you have the chance to put a licking on them, cleanly do so. Make it difficult for them to catch the football. I'm only mentioning this because we as fans seem to say this every year after the first game. The comment normally is, man, did the coaching staff have these guys tackle it all in fall practice? Look at all the tackles we missed. It's a common theme for all college teams. First couple of weeks of the season, the ability to wrap up sometimes is a little off. So... Tackle well. When you have the chance to make a play, do so. Hey, the Irish were physical in fall practice. I don't expect this to be a major problem. Number two. The defense needs to do their best to control the running game. Trivion Henderson, 1,248 yards last year, 15 rushing touchdowns as a team. Ohio State, 180 yards per game on the ground. They're known for throwing it, but don't forget about Travion Henderson. And let's face it. If you have to bring an extra hat down to the box to stop the running game, ball game's over because the passing attack is just going to burn you. Number one. Finally, the Irish defense put pressure on the quarterback. Notre Dame 41 sacks last year. Ohio State 15th and fewest sacks allowed at 1.31 per game. Get Stroud off his mark. Again, throw off their timing. Pressure up the middle will hurt any quarterback, including the great ones like Tom Brady. That's the My 5. 601 is our time. We'll talk Notre Dame football with Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horka next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of serving Michiana. This is 960 AM WSBT South Bend. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. We wrap up Sports Beat tonight with Sports Wagering Conversation on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com, on the free WSBT radio app, and on the Twitch app. Well, no picks last night. We ran out of time, but so far this week, a win, two losses, and a push. For the month of August, and this is the final day of betting for August, 31-23 and one, and for the season, 119-94 and two. So let's go ahead and make our suggestions for tonight. We start with the matchup north of the border, the Northsiders from Chicago taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. That's going to be a part of a two-team parlay I'm going to use right off the bat. 
I think the Blue Jays are going to have the advantage tonight. Luke Farrell pitched well for the Cubs in his season's debut against St. Louis at Wrigley Field last week. But the Blue Jays' bats are really good when they play at home. And I just think, once again, the Blue Jays are going to have the advantage. But the Blue Jays' money line number is over the minus 150 plateau, and I don't go over that. So we've got a couple that was something else. Kyle Wright and the Braves are taking on the Rockies. The Rockies just are not very good at home, even though they got the win last night in Atlanta. Not going to happen tonight with Kyle Wright on the mound. So we start with a two-team parlay. Jays on the money line against the Cubs. Braves on the money line against the Rockies. And you get that two-team parlay at minus 117. So we'll back the two home teams. The second suggestion for tonight, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds playing at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. It is an offensive ballpark. Two left-handers on the mound that at times can be hit pretty hard. In particular, the Red starter, Mike Miner, Jose Quintana, has been you know, pretty solid since St. Louis picked him up from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Reds offense lacking a lot of big names at this particular time. I'm going to say Cardinals-Reds combined go over nine and a half runs in this matchup at Great American Ballpark. Suggestion number three, the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants. This game started this afternoon. I locked in the Padres on the money line behind Joe Musgrove at minus 150. I'll take the road team in this spot against San Francisco's Alex Wood. And the fourth and final suggestion for today, the Guardians minus one and a half runs against the Orioles at plus 10, 110, excuse me. Now, that's a bit of a risk because the Orioles have been the most profitable team to bet with this year. And I've had my share of wins on this show going with the Baltimore Orioles. Tonight, I'm going with the Guardians' young right-hander, Tristan McKenzie, taking on a guy that I actually have had good success wagering with this year, Jordan Lyles. But I'm going with the hard-throwing McKenzie in this spot. I'm going to hope the Guardians win by two or more runs. So we'll go Guardians on the run line against the Orioles at plus 110. Well, the underdog pick has been going very well. We've hit three in a row. Once again, the underdog pick has to be a plus number. And we'll go for four in a row, backing the Tampa Bay Rays on the run line on the road against the Miami Marlins. I'm taking the Rays minus one and a half runs against Miami, who is still struggling for offense. And we get the Rays on the run line at plus 105. My underdog record this year, a very, very good 26 and 24. That'll do it for our sports wagering segment and... For tonight's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 